Welcome back. Town Hall Tabacle. Former President Donald Trump sat down with CNN's Caitlin Collins for the first presidential town hall of the 2024 election cycle. The town hall, which took place in New Hampshire, marked the former president's first time on CNN in over six years. And the night was filled with insults, claims, the president's many investigations, his policy proposals, and more. We'll take a look at how this impacts Trump's candidacy, how this shakes up the 2024 GOP nomination field, and what we should expect next. Plus, 50 episodes strong. We here at the Ishan S. Show are celebrating 50 amazing episodes of the Ishan S. Show, marking one of our biggest milestones here, in addition to our two-year anniversary. We'll celebrate today as we look back at the two years and 50 episodes that we've made here at the Ishan S. Show. We'll be taking a look at those stories and more today, May 12th, 2023. From Ishan Media, this is a special edition of the Ishan S. Show. 50 episodes strong. With me, your host, Ishan. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Ishan S. Show for the 50th time today. I am so proud to be here today to mark our 50th episode. You know, it doesn't sound like a big deal to some, but really for me, running this show, this is one of the proudest moments that I've experienced in the entire duration of this show because we're also celebrating two amazing years today on May 12th. Uh, that's why I purposely decided to record today on May 12th because that marks two years since we released the trailer for this show. And I know people say that the anniversary should be when the first episode came out, but really for me, the anniversary is celebrating putting this out there. You know, it, it takes a lot of effort to make a trailer and then put it out because that's the first step when you're making a podcast or when you're making a show or when you're making when you're doing anything. When you put out the first piece of that project, that's when you know this is a real thing. And so all those, you know, two years ago, I posted the trailer. I, you know, I mustered up a lot of courage and I said, you know what, I'll do this. And I went inside the closet and I recorded an, a trailer for the acoustics and whatnot. We didn't have a studio back then. But I went in and I recorded this trailer. And there I said, you know, if you want to if you want to sound super informed about politics, you come to the Ishan S. Show. And I'm very happy to report that for the past two years and the, for, for the last 50 episodes, I'm, I'm really nervous I'm going to mix up those numbers, 50 years and two episodes. Um, but for these past two years, we have been trying tirelessly to deliver you objective, fair analysis of the news. And that's where I think we really shine. But of course, this journey and this amazing part of the amazing part of the show we're at right now would have never been possible without your support. You know, people don't understand what it means to me to know that there are people who care enough to take out the time to listen to what I have to say on my show, that listen to the things I wanted to share with the world. It is some, it's humbling. And when I can 
see the numbers go up for certain episodes, when I see the numbers going up in general, it makes me feel so good and it makes me feel like there are people out there that care about politics, that want to know how they're being governed and that want to have a say in how they're governed. This podcast has allowed me to exercise that, that, that fundamental right. And this is something I said in the first episode, and it's something that I've held to myself forever in all 50 of these episodes, which is that, you know, we live in a country, we're lucky to live in this country, but we live in a country where our politics is really about people. It's not about, you know, big parties. It's not about other interests. The interest is always derived by the people, and that's because we have the ability to vote. Our vote is what allows us to be who we are as a country. We are a bastion for democracy. And I'm so proud to be a part of that in any little way that I can. And this show we've had on, I, I can't remember exactly how many at this time, but we've, we've had on 10 amazing guests. We've had on politicians. We've had on people from other um, news avenues. We have had newsmakers. We have also talked about some of the most divisive topics of our time. We've talked about the 2022 midterms. That was what this entire show was dedicated to for our first year and a half. But the 2022 midterms, we talked about the Roe v. Wade decision being overturned. We've talked about mass shootings. We've talked about politics. We've talked about the, the, the careers of people. We've watched careers from this show. That's what happens as time goes on. You know, when, when you age with a show, you really allow it to grow into you. And that's what I think has happened with this show and me. I've allowed it to become a bit of me. And I enjoy that. And I'm really grateful that I am lucky enough to have an avenue like this, that I am passionate about something to the extent where, I, you know, I made a podcast. <laughs> um, I, most people said, Ishan, we believe in you at the beginning. Personally, and many people know this, I was not very confident about this show. In fact, the first season when it ended, I didn't actually think I would come back. But I did after the encouragement of a lot of people, and I kept coming back for season three. And it just it goes to show the support that you guys have given me. Running something like this for two years for 50 episodes, managing a website, trying to do social media, trying to manage a schedule, it, it's not worth it unless there are people on the other side. Otherwise, it's just me talking to a microphone. I might be in a studio and I might be just talking to a microphone and a computer screen, but on the other side of it is you guys that listen to this show, that care enough about politics to come and listen to what I have to say. And that's what has allowed this show to succeed. And so from the bottom of my heart to each listener today, in the past, and in the future, thank you. Thank you for everything. It means the world to me. Now, celebrating 50 years, or there I did it, celebrating 50 episodes on the Ishan S. Show, we are going to look back at all of our amazing stories in every way we can um, with our top story for this week, which is Donald Trump's town hall on CNN. Yeah, that happened. Um, 
it's an interesting thing and you know we're gonna try to do we're gonna we're gonna try to spice things up we're gonna look back at the ishan s show through um through this town hall because this town hall touched a lot of topics um that we've covered here on the show really so let's let's look back at it so last week um yeah last week cnn announced that they were going to be holding a town hall featuring former president donald trump and this would mark the first time that the former president had been on the network in over six years which is a pretty big deal because as we know donald trump did not have the best relationship with cnn while he was president um but for his third bid of the white house he um has decided he had decided that he would be on the network for a special town hall now for my friends who don't know what a town hall is it's not like the clash of clans town hall um a town hall is a is a style of meeting is used a lot in politics it's a style of meeting where the top guy might be on stage and everybody in the audience gets to ask questions of um, whoever your speaker is so in this case cnn picked republican voters and unaffiliated um un or non-committed voters and republican voters uh to the audience to ask former president donald trump questions about his positions on some of the biggest issues but it was moderated by uh, CNN's Caitlin Collins. Now, Caitlin Collins, I respect her as a journalist very much. I've watched her career for so long, and I really admire her work. Now, she got to be the moderator for this. She was the former CNN chief White House correspondent, or maybe she's still White House correspondent. I can't remember, but I do know that she definitely was White House correspondent during the Trump administration, and she and Trump did not have the closest, warmest of relations. Like at some one point, Donald Trump literally barred her from going to a press conference. Um, so, you know, Donald Trump's classic relationship with the media. But he did agree to sit down for this. So let's look back at some of the biggest topics that were discussed. So the biggest um, thing that I felt anyway, which garnered the most discussion of the evening, was about the 2020 election, about the January 6th riot. Um, it, you know, when you, when you think about it, this election, 2024 presidential election, is literally just going to be about the 2020 election. And if, you know, we're lucky or unlucky enough, depends on what your views are, to have a rematch against Biden and Trump, it's going to be really negative. Um, but if we end up with that rematch, I have a feeling that it's just going to be both candidates op turning the page back and looking back at their grievances from four years ago. And that's because Donald Trump has still not accepted the results of the 2020 election. And I'm going to say something here that should not be that shouldn't be a political statement and should be generally accepted fact, which is that there was no widespread voter fraud that influenced the results of the 2020 election. It's not been proven. It's been rejected by over 60 courts, many of them being Republican judges appointed by Donald Trump himself. Some Trump-appointed uh, judges have also rejected this claim. So 
you can be on whatever side you want. You can continue listening to this episode with your hard set belief, but just know that I'm going to be reporting this based on the fact that there was no widespread voter fraud. It's been proven in court time and again. But Donald Trump does not accept this fact. Uh, and in, to him, the election was rigged. And he's been, even in that town hall, he, within the first few seconds of the town hall of him being asked a question, he made it about the election. So um, first, I think he was asked about uh, he was asked about the January 6th riot. So with the January 6th riot, uh, he said that he, he described it as being beautiful he, a day. He described um, the events as he, he touted the audience that was there to listen to him before, you know, they went to the Capitol. And of course, we all know, as we covered here on the show, m on multiple occasions actually, how the January 6th riot was not just, you know, a walk in the park. It was a riot. And people were trespassing onto the Capitol grounds. People were attacking the Capitol. People were attacking Capitol Police. The lives of the Vice President, of the Speaker, of so many members of Congress were put at risk. But for Donald Trump, he he was looking more at the um, at his own supporters. He did denounce, for the record, he did denounce the people that went out of control um, on that day. But he did not. He was not ready to admit that many of them were his supporters. But when he was asked whether he would pardon people that were marching on Jan or that were rioting on January 6th he said that he would actually give it a real consideration like he said no this is a serious thought I'm having to pardon all these people for their um, involvement in the January 6th riot and he said he wouldn't pardon everybody but he said that the vast majority of people he was thinking about it he said he would not he he wouldn't rule it out and that just plays into the same narrative that he's been touting about them being political prisoners of sort. Um, he definitely does believe to some extent that the election was stolen. Um, and he believes that the people that have been arrested in relation to the January 6th riot are also political prisoners. He, he very well might not even believe that too. It's anyone's guess what goes on in his mind. But he said that he would not take it off the table to pardon a lot of these people. And when talking about the vice president of, at the time, Mike Pence, he said he did not put he did not think he put uh, Mike Pence in danger that day. When in fact he did tweet uh, on multiple occasions, Mike Pence has a responsibility to uh, Mike Pence has a responsibility to overturn the election, which he legally couldn't. Uh, and beyond that, he also was talking about how on multiple occasions, or he wasn't talking about it at the town hall, but on multiple occasions, he actually did sympathize with people that were shouting the hang Mike Pence thing uh, of that day. He did not denounce it, and he says that he was, he was not putting the vice president in danger and that he wasn't putting Capitol Police officers in danger. And actually what he did, a nice stunt, if you will, he had a printout of his previous tweets in his pocket in his suit so he took that out and he showed Caitlin Collins and read her tw his tweets to her and the audience he read um, 
he read the tweets. He said that I was not putting anybody in danger. And he then again proceeded to blame Mike, Mike Pence um, for not fulfilling the, the duty that he wanted to. He said, quote, no, or rather, she, um, she, uh, when Caitlin Collins asked if Trump had put Mike Pence in danger, he said, quote, no, because he did something wrong. He should have put the votes back to the state legislature. He wrongly insisted that Pence had the legal authority to somehow reject the votes of the states. So much of the discussion of them in the evening actually revolved around the 2020 election. It revolved around the January 6th riot, whether or not Trump was ready to accept that he lost. Caitlin Collins on multiple occasions even asked the president on the stage. She said, Mr. President, are you going to denounce the um, January 6th riot? Mr. President, are you going to accept the results of the 2020 election? Trump still says no. Uh, and that's probably the biggest takeaway from that night, um, which because it was such a big part of the discussion, it was it was really going to be about that. But beyond that, he also then talked about the Ukraine and uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's something we've covered here on the show. I remember covering it last year as well, um, as soon as it happened. And then the response that the West had, that we had here, um, and I remember covering that story. It was it was really surreal at the time, and it still is. And I encouraged people then, and I encourage people now. You can donate to refugee organizations. You can donate to help Ukraine, because we here at the Ashana Show do stand with Ukraine. We stand for democracy. Um, but anyway, that's besides the point. Looking back, we did cover this. We covered the facts of this story. Um, but so when Trump was asked about uh, the U- Russian invasion of Ukraine. He was asked by one of the members of the audience about it. Um, consistently, there was talk about whether, and, and this has been a talking point for Republicans for a while. Some Republicans have suggested that maybe they shouldn't, we shouldn't be giving aid, any aid. Some have said no aid, but some, most, many have been saying we shouldn't be giving so much aid to Ukraine at this time. Even though at right now, Ukraine is really fighting for its life. Like, they're doing a pretty good job of pushing back Russia, but they need support. This has been reported by multiple agencies, uh, multiple networks as well. The reporting shows that our he- weapons are helping. Donald Trump did not deny that, and he actually did say that he he actually did say that he would want to see the killing to end. He would he wanted that to happen, but he did pit a lot of the blame on Europe. Uh, and as many of us might know from the Trump administration. A foreign policy strategy of the Trump administration was to point at Russia, or excuse me, at Europe. Um, it was to point at Europe, and it was to suggest that Europe was not playing a full part. And so, even at this town hall, he went after Europe, and he said that Europe is not paying the same amount that we are. That we're paying 180 billion dollars; they're paying 20 billion dollars. Um, so he he said that Europe needs to be more involved in the Ukrainian invasion. Asked whether he thought that Vladimir Putin was um, right about the decision. I can't remember exactly what, but he was asked about Putin. And Trump very many times said that he felt that Putin did not make the right decision invading Ukraine, but then also asserted that Putin would not be invading in the first place if he was president, um, which 
it's not wrong necessarily. I mean, Putin never actually showed any indication of wanting to invade Ukraine while Trump was president. I mean, it was always talked about, but it never happened the way it happened after he left. That's what Trump was trying to suggest. And maybe to some extent that is true. But the fact remains that Putin invaded. Uh, but he, tr according to Trump, it was a poor decision. And it was a poor decision in that he felt like there would be retaliation that Russia may lose. But when he was asked whether or not he wanted to see a winner, he said, quote, I don't think so. I don't think in terms of winning and losing. I think in terms of getting it settled. So we stopped killing all these people. So when he was at this town hall, Trump really wanted to make his priority about people dying in the war. Um, and that's a noble way of trying to set himself up. He wants to be a peacemaker. He also wanted to assert himself as, you know, the strong guy that stood up to Russia. But um, in terms of Ukraine, Trump was very many times suggesting that, that, that Putin made a mistake, but that also we shouldn't be giving as much to Ukraine, that we should try to settle it out. Settle it out. And actually, Trump also made a very bold claim that if he were if he is to be elected he would end the he would end the conflict in 24 hours which you know maybe is a little extra ambitious another topic of discussion that was really dominating was the uh discussion about the roe v wade dis uh, overturning the dobbs decision this uh was brought up by another audience member now this is interesting because donald trump uh when before roe v wade was overturned very much wanted it to be overturned, but then he also wanted it to be left to the states. Now, this is important because a lot of states, of course, are enacting those federal, uh, those abortion bans, but now many groups that spent 50 years supporting Roe v. Wade being overturned, now these groups want a federal abortion ban that maybe it shouldn't be a constitutionally protected right to get an abortion, but we should also have the federal government um, ban federal government restricting abortion. Donald Trump, um, Donald Trump actually has not been that much in favor of it in the past. He said that he would rather have all the states decide it individually rather than have, you know, a nationally prevailing policy of abortion being protected. Now that's the the town hall was an interesting shift uh, in that viewpoint. Donald Trump did concede though that. It was his viewpoint that there should be exemptions or there should be exceptions, excuse me, for abortion, such as when the life of the mother is at risk or rape and incest. But in general, Trump was trying to stay out of it. He did not want to take a concrete position. Asked multiple times by Collins, I think I counted like four times, she would say, what's your view on abortion? What do you think we should do? Would you sign in a federal abortion ban? Donald Trump would not give a coherent, consistent answer. He kept saying, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to decide and negotiate to try to get something so that everybody's happy, which, you know, is a very diplomatic way of saying, I don't know. <laughs> but he wouldn't talk about what he would do as president. And when he was asked if he would sign a federal abortion plan ban, which other Republican candidates have said they would support and many Republicans in Congress have been pushing for, he would not answer a concrete view. And he wouldn't also not announce a cutoff date or anything 
anything of substance. It was generally vague on federal abortion policy. Instead, he kept touting the fact that he made such a big part in Roe v. Wade being overturned because, to his credit, he did appoint three conservative justices who undoubtedly un- undoubtedly made this possible. Um, and you cannot deny the fact because if it wasn't for these three um, justices that Trump appointed, Roe v. Wade would not be overturned. I don't think it would be. I don't think it would have made it to the Supreme Court's docket. But Trump said about abortion, quote, we have we now have a great negotiating ability and I think we're going to get something done. So that was Trump's view on abortion. Then later into the evening, he was asked about um, he was asked about immigration policy, immigration policy, because this was in relation to Title 42 um, being repealed. Um, This happened last night, actually, at midnight. Title 42, for my friends who don't know, is a Trump-era policy that was issued after the COVID-19 pandemic began. It was for the southern border. Basically, it restricted um, immigration at the southern border in the name of the COVID-19 pandemic. And now that the pandemic's restrictions that is, are being lifted and we're not necessarily in that same state of emergency, um, Title 42 is also being lifted. And many Republicans have been crying about this, or not crying, have been very out, uh, outraged by the fact that Title 42 is being lifted, in addition to the many, abor- um, not abortion, many COVID-related restrictions that are also being lifted that they personally advocated for. Title 42 is one of the casualties in their war, I guess. But there is concern because as we've reported on here on the show, there has been a lot of illegal immigration as well as just general immigration from the southern border. Millions of people over the past two years under the Biden administration, which, you know, is something that needs to be thought about. Not that I'm taking a position or anything. It's just it's a big number. And anytime you have a big number, you really need to sit down and give it a thought. And so Republicans have been trying to express their concern over how people are coming over a little more unrestricted than maybe other places. And Trump said 129 countries, nationals from 129 countries were coming in. So the zero zero tolerance policy within Title 42 really captured the extent to which the Trump administration wanted to deter migrants from coming to the United States. But... um, Trump said that he kind of liked the policy. He was kind of using the reasoning of a of infectious disease being the reason that it should be kept, which I mean, you know, as a political observer observer, I'll call it ironic. <laughs> but he he suggested that we need to keep migrants out of the southern border. How he said he would address that, he said he would want to reintroduce a zero-tolerance policy. He would want to keep family separation in place. Family separation was something that was pretty big under, uh, publicized under the Trump administration. Uh, it was the practice of literally separating families at the border uh, while they were being processed. Um, Trump really was not very vocal about his policy back when he was president, but on and during the town hall, he was very adamant about the fact that the separation of families was something that could deter migrants from coming because they don't want their families to be separated. But in addition to that, so 
there was a lot of talk about immigration that night too. All right, so that was the talk about um, all of what happened um, in that town hall. Things got personal too because in the very end when we got back to the talk of the election fraud and about you know, the election and classified documents, oh, classified documents also came up. We know about what happened with classified documents with, um, if you think back to our episode called Classified Concerns, uh, Trump's house was raided in Mar-a-Lago, Trump's house in Mar-a-Lago was raided by the FBI in connection to his possession of classified documents, which he claimed were declassified, but really they weren't. And he was subpoenaed to submit those documents, but he didn't. And that's why the FBI then went and raided his home. He keeps calling it, you know, politically motivated. In reality, Mike Pence, Joe Biden, among other officials, they turned in their documents if they, once they were asked. Trump did not. But um, there was also talk of that. But things got personal that night as well as Trump then called Caitlin Collins nasty uh, and then was generally his normal self on stage, you know, his more um, combative self on stage. So it was an eventful night. And if you really want to learn more about what this election is going to be about, how it's taking shape, I'd suggest you find a way to watch this town hall because this is really worth watching. I had a nice time watching it, not for any particular reason, just the fact that, you know, political nerds like me like watching that stuff. But um, it's fun, and I'm really excited because this just shows how things are going to be really spiced up. And next, um, in the next few months, we're also going to be talking about Republican debates. We're going to be talking about other events in the news. So we're getting full swing into 2024, and we're really hitting into the Republican nomination. We'll continue to report on what's going on. Stay with us here at the Sean S. Show. But before we go, once again, I would like to thank every listener the thousands of listeners that we've had in our show's two-year duration. I want to thank each of you from the bottom of my heart because really, and I mean really, we would not be here without you. So thank you so much for everything that you've done for this show. Thank you for everything that you continue to do for this show. Thank you for being such amazing patrons. We really couldn't have done it without you. We'll see you next week. And so that does it for us here today at the Ishan S. Show. If you liked my commentary, then go ahead and follow at Ishan S. Show on Twitter and at the Ishan S. Show on Instagram for breaking news posts and updates about the show. If you want to learn more about political stories, then check out my political news blog on the Show.com and enter in your email to subscribe and just check out the Show.com and do us a favor and share this episode and all other Ishan S. Show content with your friends and family. It is the best way for this show to grow and get more people listening to it. And it helps out so much. Thanks again for all your support and I'll see you guys soon. Bye.